just gonna be this way Your life's a joke, you're broke Your love life's D.O.A. It's like you're always stuck in second gear When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month Or even your year But I'll be there for you Hello, this is Jessica Jimeno And you are listening to Flip Switch the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings understand depression and bipolar disorder. Yes, I am playing the Friends theme song, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. This podcast is part one of three parts in the Friendship series. Part one is called, What Not To Do When Your Friend Has A Mood Disorder. The next podcast, part two, will be, Here's What To Do When Your Friend Has A Mood Disorder. The final installment, or part three, will be how to be a good friend when you have a mood disorder. To help us explore friendship, I brought back one of our most popular guests, Ellie, a college student who bravely fights ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and depression every day. My name is Ellie, and I'm 21 years old. I'm from the Chicago suburbs, but I go to school in Iowa City, Iowa at the University of Iowa. What are your diagnoses? I was diagnosed with ADHD and depression in June of 2009. Can you please take us back to a difficult season in your life? December of 2010 to April of 2011 was probably the most difficult time I've ever experienced. In December of 2010, right at the end of finals of the fall semester, my psychiatrist took me off of the concerta that I've been prescribed ever since I was diagnosed with ADHD. We weren't thinking that it was the correct medication to treat my ADHD, but we wanted to explore if it was more of a depression issue before we changed the medication completely. So we took me off of the concerta and... Not immediately, but very closely after that, I just was completely unmotivated. I gained back a lot of weight. I didn't have that kind of self-control anymore. And my grades slipped immediately when I started in the spring semester in January. I didn't care about my homework at all. I didn't care about exams. My friendships were really slipping because I was reverting to a lot of my pre-diagnoses. ways. So I just felt really judged by friends and I was really depressed. So in March, I went to my family doctor and had her prescribe me the Concerta again, and I immediately started on that. But at the same time, I started on birth control to help regulate my cycle and see if that would help any of my depression issues. But the combination of the two ended up being really disastrous for me. So the birth control with the Concerta made me really depressed and really emotional all the time. April, I became really suicidal and there was one night where I hit a really low point where I had no intention of actually killing myself but I had become so miserable with my life that I saw no other way out. The next day I had recognized that it was the birth control that was really messing with my emotions that way. I stopped the birth control completely and since then I'm still dealing with depression but I'm no longer suicidal. During that period of time in my life, I was just inexplicably sad all the time. I could drop my pencil and it would make me depressed for a week. But you took action and it worked, right? I took action and within a few weeks after stopping the birth control, I noticed that I was no longer suicidal and the Concerta had been able to start taking some of its effect back like it had before I was taken off of it. Today, I'm no longer suicidal. Yeah.
about things that some friends did that made things worse. When I was experiencing that really difficult time, I just felt really judged by my friends at home. Very simply, I was feeling the way I had before I was diagnosed with ADHD and before I had started any medication. So I was feeling just really judged and alone. My friends at home didn't really understand that. It was just really hard for me to connect with them anymore. After my breakup with my boyfriend, it felt a lot like people were judging me because I still had feelings or because it was really hard for me to get over, and that was taking a really bad toll on me. It was really hard for me to connect at all. Can you ex give an example of when somebody said something unhelpful? During that really difficult time in my life, if I ever tried to talk to somebody about what I was feeling, one particular person would say, well, now I feel bad because I don't know how to help you. And for me, it wasn't so much that I needed them to say something to help me, it's just that I needed them to listen. I needed to get all of this anger and frustration and sadness out of my system somehow. It didn't matter to me how they responded, but just that they listened to me and let me feel the way I wanted to feel. Having somebody say, well, I feel bad now or I feel sad now, it just added so much more pressure and responsibility because I'm so dedicated to helping other people before myself. But in this situation, I had to put myself first just to get this stuff out of me. Having to try to make other people happy while not knowing how to make myself happy was really frustrating for me. And it was just not helpful to me when they said those things. You wanted somebody to listen. Yeah. I don't want to hear people say, oh, I'd be so sad without you, or I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have you around, and blah, blah, blah. Like, it just, that's so much more pressure on me, and it's so much, makes me so much more anxious and gives me so much more responsibility than I can really handle. If you're trying to argue with me about how I should feel, that's not kind at all, and that's not being a good friend. You just have to let me feel the way I'm going to feel. Don't say things like, don't be sad. Yeah. That's not helpful if I tell no, you No, it's not helpful. People were more concerned with getting me away from the ledge instead of keeping me away from the ledge. People were just looking for this temporary fix just to get me away from wanting to kill myself that night, when in reality, it's a long process. Keeping me away from the ledge means... You have to be willing to be there for me throughout all these difficult times and just listen. So consistently listen to your friend who has a mental illness, not just during the moment in crisis. So there are some people who, if they think you're suicidal, they'll be there, but they won't be there for anything else. Right. If you're as good of a friend as you say, and if you're going to be as sad as you say you will be, then you will help me prevent ever getting back to that place again. qualities of a bad friend? Being patronizing, judgmental, and self-absorbed. Patronizing is just when I have a lot of friends that will kind of look down on me or treat me like I'm a five-year-old sometimes because I'm really goofy and they'll act like I need a lot of help doing things even though I don't. Sometimes people assume that if a person has a mental illness they are of a lesser intelligence. Yeah, because I have ADHD there are people sometimes that patronize me. They act like I need so much help because I'm not as intelligent as they are or because I have a harder time getting motivated than they do. What does judgmental mean? Judgmental is when I'm talking to somebody about how I feel. They don't really understand and I feel like they're judging me for how I feel. Like, especially with my ex, people will just be like, oh, really? You're not over it yet? Like, come on, Ellie, get over it. It's been however long. Hard for me because I can't deal with things the way other people can, and I can't just get over things. 
that person may have gotten over an X in less time. Exactly. We all deal with things in different ways. How can people be self-absorbed even if they don't mean to be? If I'm dealing with a problem, don't all of a sudden start talking about, oh, well, when this happened to me, this is how I did it. And, you know, it sucked for a while for me. but And, and just consistently talking about yourself when you're trying to help me. Talking like, about yourself more than listening right, to your yeah. friend's problems. Yeah, because I can appreciate when people try to relate their personal experiences to what I'm going through, but the complete 180 subject change isn't okay. And sometimes I need to talk it out more, and sometimes I know I can get annoying with how much I talk about things, but self-absorbed, you can't think that the issues you're dealing with trump all. Or are identical to your issue. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, Ellie's story is not done. In the next podcast, we'll reach the light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. In part two of the friendship series, we'll hear what good friends did that helped Ellie manage her mood disorders and break up. You don't want to miss it. But before the next podcast, you can always hear other podcasts and read my blogs on the Flipswitch page at www.bpkids.org forward slash flip switch, forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Until next time, this is Jessica Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.